you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good afternoon, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? It's so good to see you guys. Y'all look good out there. Y'all look not as good as me, but y'all look good. So glad to have you, Compassion. Glad to have you in the house of the Lord. If this is your first time, we want to say welcome. And I hope I'm speaking this into existence. Welcome home. We for love, love, love for you to become a part of this family and a part of this church. Before I get into the sermon today, I, I, I do want to make mention, some of you may already know this, some of you may not have heard, we had one of our church members uh, pass away uh, Friday night, uh, Chris Wallace, uh, 42 years old, uh, had a massive heart attack, and um, this Sunday or this, this morning, his wife was here, although she lost her husband and is going through the pain and the agony that she's going through. She was in service today. She was here because she knew even in the midst of her grief and her mourning where she needed to be was in the house of the Lord. That's the only place she could find peace. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you to be in prayer for Brandy and I want you to be in prayer for uh, her, their children, um, for Chevy, their daughter. She's 11 years old and for their son Christopher who is 7 years old. Be in prayer for them. Uh, the funerals is coming Tuesday, and uh, it'll be on our Facebook page. But just be in prayer this week. Uh, just pray that God will touch her, be there with her. Just something so unexpected they were not even, he had not been sick, nothing been wrong with him. It also becomes a reminder of us to enjoy life. It becomes a reminder to you and me that none of us know what tomorrow holds. But we do know who holds the tomorrow. And we put our trust and our faith in God. And so I pray today, be in prayer for the Wallace family, just pray that God will be with them. We continue our sermon series on Forgiveness University. We want to welcome you today to Forgiveness University. Today our class is 102, and I will be your professor, John D. Leggett. And I'll be training you today on how to find forgiveness in your heart. I normally read a story or give an illustration. Today I'm just going to Jump straight into our story. If you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 18, beginning of verse 21. As you're turning there, at the beginning of the chapter, you find a place where Peter comes to Jesus. And he asks Jesus a question. How many times should I forgive? It's an important question. A question that I'm sure you've asked many times in your life when someone has hurt you over and over again, someone's mistreated you time after time, you've been in a, in a relationship where someone keeps doing you wrong over and over again. And you ask the question, how many times should I forgive? I, I want to say this, I don't think it was a random question by Peter. I don't think Peter just thought it up one day. I think Peter was probably dealing with somebody that was hurting his feelings. Peter was dealing with someone that had made him mad. The next part is Peter says, well, and he, it's like maybe he pulls it randomly out of the air. 
Should I forgive? I don't know, Jesus. Let me think. Seven times. It's not that Peter is really asking, should he forgive seven times? I think what Peter, some would say, is because seven's the perfect number. Maybe he was quoting the perfect number. But really what I think it is, is probably Peter had been hurt seven times by this one individual, and he's tired of forgiving him. And Jesus, now he comes to Jesus, hoping that Jesus will give him a justification not to forgive the person anymore. And that's where we find ourselves. As we look at Peter... I mean, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, this is what Peter does. He says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister? I even think that Peter threw in the sister there just to throw off the track of Jesus that he's really mad at somebody else. Forgive my brother or sister who sinned against me up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, and let me stop there real quick. When he says 77 times, he doesn't actually mean 77 times. In fact, if you look it up, it actually doesn't say 77 times. It says seven times 70. Seven times 70. In other words, and let me say this, Jesus isn't putting a limit on forgiveness at 490 times. What he's doing is he's responding to Peter saying, seven? No. Hey, Peter, how about, let's, I don't know, let's throw seven times 70 on there. In other words, he's saying limitless. He said, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle in accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. See, he was not able to pay his master, the master's order that he and his wife and his children and all that he had to be sold and repaid the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him and begged him, Be patient with me, I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off, had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master what, that, what, everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he shall pay back all that he owed. Now listen to this, it's important. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. Lord, we thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And I pray today, Lord, that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one leave this house the same way that they came. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. What we find here is a parable. A parable is really 
nothing more than a story. Most parables, though, were written in a way to where they're confusing to those that didn't know the truth. Now, in this parable, it's not written that way. This parable is, well, pretty self-explanatory. It's pretty easy to understand. In other words, what happens is this, this king uh, decides he wants to settle his accounts. He comes to this man and says, hey, you owe me 10,000 bags of gold. Now, listen, that's a lot. 10,000 bags of gold is, is a lot. Not 10,000 pieces of gold, but 10,000 bags of gold. The man cannot pay it, so he falls on his knees and he begs the, uh, the king, please, please do not throw me in jail. I'm asking you to forgive the debt. Or actually, he says, I'm asking you to give me time to pay back the debt. At that moment, what the king does, and not only does he uh, give him time, the Bible says what he does is he, in essence, forgives him of the debt. Right after that happens, that young man who's been forgiven of the debt has been washed clean, washed away. The man leaves and goes, finds a guy that owes him a hundred pieces of silver. A, a, a denera is, is, in other words, a day's wages. So a hundred pieces of silver would have actually been about a hundred days that he owed him. But now remember, he's been forgiven of 10,000 bags of gold, which would have been over 150 years of income. But yet one guy owes him 100 days of income and he's not willing to forgive it. What happens is some of the servants that were there when he had gotten forgiven of his debt get mad and get upset and they go and find the king and say, hey, let me tell you, the guy you just forgave for his debt went and found someone else for a way lesser debt and had him thrown in prison. The king comes and finds the man and says, I don't understand. I forgave you of your debt, a way larger debt than what this guy owed you. I forgave it. Now, I didn't just give you time. I actually forgave it, and you have the audacity, the guts, the gall to now go find someone else and throw them in prison for a lesser debt. Well, guess what? I'm going to throw you in prison until you can pay back your debt. What's amazing is at the end what Jesus says. Like the story, like the parable, this is what Jesus does to those who are unwilling to forgive others who sin against them. I want to talk to you about three things today when it comes to forgiveness from we learn from this story. Number one is this, write it down. Forgiveness isn't overlooking the offense, but looking beyond the offense. Forgiveness is not about overlooking the offense, but looking beyond it. Remember, the king came to settle the accounts. Now, who does the king represent? It represents God. See, we have this idea when we think about God's grace and God's forgiveness that God just gives it. No, for God to give it, you got to do what? You got to ask for it. In other words, if there's sin in your life, things you shouldn't be doing, things that shouldn't be in your life, God's not just going to allow that to happen. God is a righteous God and a holy God, and because of that, he's also a God of justice. He doesn't want you to continue to have sin in your life. 
So God's going to settle that account. God's going to deal with that thing in your life. But when he does, we always have the right, the, 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 the freedom, the ability to come to God in that moment and say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my ways. I ask of your forgiveness. And God in his grace and his love at that moment, at that time, what God will do is, and God will give you forgiveness, wash away your sins, cleanse you, and make you whole, and make you new. Now, I tell you that because I want you to understand something. Forgiveness of someone who hurts you or mistreats you is not that you don't recognize it. Deal with it. In fact, the Bible says this. The Bible says, if I come to the altar and I've got ought against somebody, I am to leave the gift of the altar, go find the person, and ask them, hey, or tell them my, the offense that they've had toward me and tell them I forgive them. See, I'm telling this to you today because there's some of you that, well, you don't ever dis- deal with issues or problems. Someone hurts you, mistreats you, misaligns you. They've made you mad, and and what you do is, is, well, forgiveness means I just ignore it. Forgiveness means I don't deal with it. Forgiveness means I don't talk to them about it. That's not forgiveness. The Bible says if someone has hurt me, got ought against me, what I'm to do is I'm to go to them and say to them, hey, listen, Lucy, you hurt my feelings. I saw, I heard what you said about me. I heard you talked about my hair and how I like the lack of hair. I heard what you said. But I, I want you to know, I forgive you. Most heads, you know, bald heads are beautiful and the rest of heads have hair. And I get it. You're just, you're just jealous of my hair. I forgive you for that. Now, thank you. I'll tell you that. Every, I'm used to that. It's, it's an everyday occurrence. In other words, many times we have this idea that forgiveness means I ignore it. Forgiveness means I don't deal with it. Forgiveness means I just, I'm passive. How many in here struggle to be passive aggressive? Yeah, you don't like to talk about things. You don't like to put it out there. If someone hurts your feelings, you just don't talk about it. See, now I'm just the opposite. If you hurt my feelings, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to let you know, not that I'm mad. I just believe what the Bible says and let not the sun go down with heart and your anger towards your brother. Why? Because what started out is a molehill will become a mountain. So in this first passage, what we learn is, is that part of forgiveness is actually dealing with the hurt. I've got to go to the person. Maybe it's been a spouse or maybe it's been a parent or a brother or a sister. Maybe it's been a coworker or a neighbor that you need to get the guts up and you need to walk up and say, you hurt my feelings. You made me mad. What you said has had an impact on me. See, we've got to be willing as men and women of God to realize that forgiveness isn't about ignoring the problem and hoping it goes away. As a believer, I've got to realize that in this passage, I've got to settle the account. I've got to go to the individual, and I've got to say, you've hurt me, you've mistreated me, you've made me mad, and then only on that, then also you had to say to that person, I forgive you. But then what you have to say is, you forgive me. See, if you've held odds, if you've been mad, if you had unforgiveness, that's a sin. And that very person that you're talking to, that you want them to forgive you of what, you want to forgive them what they've done, they've also got to forgive you what you've done. Number two, write this down. Forgiveness isn't about making the wrong right, but letting go of the wrong. 
Forgiveness isn't about making the wrong right, but letting go of the wrong. Here's the second thing. We many times think that to forgive someone, they've got to make it right. No. See, when I go to someone and I ask of their forgiveness and I tell them I forgive them, what I've got to realize, sometimes they may not care whether I forgive them. Sometimes they may not want to be forgiven. Sometimes in their life, in fact, remember in Luke chapter, I mean, Matthew chapter 18, verse 24, that when, the, when G, the king came, he not only forgave the dead, but he kept him out of prison. Listen, he had every right to throw him into prison to make him pay the debt, but he forgave the debt. And remember what the man did? The man went on and put someone else in jail. Let me say this to you today. You need to understand this. That we as men and women of God, many times we will forgive if someone asks for it. We will forgive if someone makes their wrong right. We will forgive if they somehow make us feel better about what they did wrong. But that's not forgiveness. Forgiveness saying even if they never ask for forgiveness, I'll forgive them. Even if they never make it right, I'll forgive them. Even if they continue to do what they've been doing, I will forgive them. That's hard. And it's not easy. But for me and you to live a life walking in the joy and the peace and the power of God, I must realize as a man or woman of God, I can't go around and fix everything. Not everybody is going to feel bad about what they did wrong. Not everybody is going to ask of your forgiveness. In fact, uh, me and Laura this week, we were at a restaurant and a couple that used to be in this church ran around town and ran me in the ground said bad things about us in our church and we found out about it and I saw them this week at a restaurant and as I walked by, the person stretches out their hands to shake my hand and I'm, I grabbed to shake their hand and I yanked them out of the booth and I kicked them in the head. No, I didn't. I wanted to, but I didn't. I walked to them and I talked to them and I shook their hand. I went to the husband and shook their hand. I was as nice and as sweet as I could be. Because see, I made a decision at that moment whether they ever admitted any wrong that they did, whether they ever came to me and said, I'm sorry, it didn't matter. I had to make the decision as a child of God that I had to forgive them. Forgiveness isn't based upon whether they ever make it right. Forgiveness is based upon the idea that you've got to be right in God's eyes. And the only way you can be right in God's eyes is if you forgive those who sin against you. The third thing we learn from this parable is that forgiveness becomes a debt we must all pay. Forgiveness becomes a debt that we must all pay. As we look at this verse here, at the very end, it's something that is very, well, tough to hear but true. He says in verse 35, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister. And I love this part right here. This is important. From your heart. I'm a grace preacher. I've tried to get around this passage. There's another one, another passage. The Bible says this, that God will not forgive those. If you don't forgive those who sin against you, God cannot forgive you. I've tried. 
See, I, I say that to you today because I, I want you to understand something. If you want God's power and God's grace to flow in your life, then just like the same forgiveness he gave you, you must give to others. Jesus, the son of the living God, gave his life upon Calvary. Shed his blood that through the shed of his blood, you would have forgiveness and remission of all your sins. And he did not do it because of anything you did. In fact, when Jesus was on that cross dying, blood dripping down from his hands and his feet, at that moment he was asking for forgiveness for some of you before you would even commit your sins. See, two things we learn in that latter part. If we as believers do not forgive those who sin against us, then who ends up getting locked into prison? We do. See, because a man was unwilling to forgive someone else that owed him a debt, the king went and threw him into prison. See, the same thing happens to you and me. When we refuse to forgive those who have sinned against us, what happens is we end up getting locked in a prison, not a, an actual prison, but a prison of bitterness, of judgmentalism, of anger within our own heart. When we refuse to forgive, what happens is God allows us to be put into that prison that holds us captive and keeps us from the good things of God and the grace of God and the power of God. See, there's some of you today that God has great things in store for you. God's got great plans for your life. The problem is you're not able to see them or experience them because you're stuck in a prison of unforgiveness because of what someone else did to you. But see, there's even a worse truth. See, for some of you, you're holding on to a grudge of what someone's done in your life. And, and let me say this, and it's understandable. What that person did to you is unspeakable. Maybe they, maybe they victimized you. Maybe they hurt you badly. And they don't deserve your forgiveness. I get it. But see, your forgiveness isn't for them. It's for you. See, some of you, it's an individual. For others of you, it's individuals. For others, it's maybe a group of people or, I don't know, maybe for some of you, it's God. You're mad at God. Something has happened in your life. Life hasn't turned out the way you thought, and you're mad at God. I know we shouldn't be mad at God, but we all get mad at God sometimes. Friday night, if I can be honest, I was mad at God. I kept going over and over in my mind as I laid in bed Friday night. I didn't hardly sleep any. 
We'd been at the hospital all night with Chris and his family. After Chris had passed away, Brandy just fell in my arms and she said, I'm just mad. I'm so mad. And she said, I don't even know who or what I'm mad at. I'm just mad. And I knew what she was probably saying. I'm mad at God. He's, 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 he's taking my husband. And Friday night, actually Saturday morning as I laid in bed, I just kept seeing that over and over in my mind of, of Chris and this young man, 42 years old, being taken so early from life. And I could see how in a moment how someone could get mad at God. But what I kept hearing in my mind was this, my God loves me. And my God has a perfect love for me. And if my God loves me and has a perfect love for me, it means he's got a perfect plan. And I may not understand what happened with Chris, but I know this, my God's in control. I know that he loved Jesus. See, for some of you today, you're mad at an individual or a group of people. You're even mad at God. I'm telling you, it's time to let yourself out of that prison. Because you holding on to that hurt and that pain and that offense is doing nobody any good and all it is doing is hurting you. But I want to share this. I've tried to get around this scripture and this passage and I can't. If you do not forgive those who sin against you, God cannot and will not forgive you. For some of you, you're holding on to what someone's done to you, the hurt, the pain. And I'm telling you, you're putting yourself in a place of judgment. If we learn anything this week from the life of Chris, we learn that life is short and tomorrow is not promised. And if life is short and tomorrow is not promised, then I don't know about you, but I want to be right with God all the time. And I'm sure not going to let someone who has made me mad hurt my feelings. I'm not going to let them make me bitter. I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to let it go. Because, see, forgiveness is a debt that we all must pay because you received it as a Christian. And if you in the future want God's forgiveness to still flow in your life, you must allow forgiveness to flow through your life. Maybe you've gotten lucky somehow to this point of life and you've never been hurt. and No one's ever made you mad and you've never had unforgiveness. I doubt it. I doubt it. But if you've been lucky, I'll say this, you won't go the rest of your life. Someone's going to make you mad. Someone's going to hurt your feelings. Someone's even going to come against you. 
But you got to make a decision as a believer in Christ Jesus to settle all your accounts. And your account is this. I will bring my account before God and I will forgive all those that have sinned against me because I want to make sure in my future, I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I will fail again. I will sin again. And I want to know that when I do that God's grace and God's forgiveness is right there waiting for me because I was willing to forgive those who sinned against me. Don't let your unforgiveness towards someone else keep you from receiving the forgiveness of God. Don't. Forgive those who sin against you. Let it go. Settle the account. Some of you have had year after year after year of an account that needs to be settled. I don't know what your mom or your dad did to you. I don't know what happened in your marriage or your last marriage. I, I don't know who victimized you and did something that was unspeakable and sure they don't deserve forgiveness but you need to give it to them. Maybe something happened to you or your family that, that was wrong and it wasn't right, it was undeserving, it was unfair. I get it. You won't pay back but the problem is the only payback you end up getting is from the enemy. It's time to let it go. Forgive them. And I promise you, it will be a burden that is lifted that will bring freedom and liberty in your life like you've never known before. I want you to stand with me. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you are struggling with unforgiveness in your heart towards somebody, I want you to raise your hand right now. Amen. Let me ask this. If you're mad at God, I want you to raise your hand. Be honest. Yes. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. I ask in the name of Jesus Christ today that Lord forgive them for their unforgiveness. Let them make a decision today at this very moment in this house to forgive those who have sinned against them, those who have mistreated them, offended them, hurt them, brought pain to them, those who maybe even have been victimized. I pray today, Lord, that, that forgiveness would flow in their life, that they would forgive those who have wronged them. But, Lord, I also pray today that they would forgive you. Lord, we know you do nothing wrong, for you are a perfect God. But, God, there are sometimes things that happen that, Lord, we do blame you for. And God, I pray today that forgiveness would flow in their heart toward you, that with forgiveness comes freedom. With forgiveness comes a future. And Lord, I pray today, Lord, that you would bless each and every person that is here. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I have one last question for you. Do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? If you were to die today, do you know with all certainty that you're on your way to heaven? Or would you say, Pastor, I'll be honest, I don't know.
If my life were to end today, I don't know whether I'm going to heaven or hell. I don't know where I'm going. It says in 1 John that it's written that you may know you have eternal life. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is a son of the living God, died on a cross for you, rose on the third day, lives forevermore. And with your mouth confess him, Lord, of your life and you shall be saved. If you're here today and you would like to give your heart and life to Christ, no one's looking, just you, me, and the Lord, then I want you to raise your hand right now, right where you are. Amen. Anyone else? I've had one raise their hand. Give God praise. I want all of you, not just the one that raised your hand, but I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Is there's one new name being written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise this morning right now. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Thank you.